know someday someone may come along and change my lonely song to happiness until the darkness fades into the dawn i'll just go on i guess chasing shadows just a dreamer am i Hoping I'll find a rainbow when the shadows roll by. Turn that off, will you? What a ham. My mama did that routine back in 1920. It's the oldest trick in the book. He's a faker? The great Augustine? His real name's Gus Murphy, Hoboken born and bred. He only pretends to torch the notes. There's a hole in the bottom of the bowl. Another person in the back feeds him questions. Ten to one, he's wired with an earpiece hiding under that turban he wears. Or else there's a paid flunky in the audience. But if he's smart, he might also use a code with the assistant. Sounds complicated. Uh, not really. Different angles on the same old racket. People believe every word Augustine says. Yeah, just like they did your old stepdaddy in Battle Creek. Am I right or am I wrong? Sheep long to be sheared. Augustine sounds legit. If he had any real power, he'd be one of those captains of industry. Or a whiz on the stock market. Not fooling around with hicks on the radio doesn't care if Bucktooth Jane marries or if Clem strikes oil. Maybe Augustine can't resist an audience. The truth is, I never once met a man with second sight. Sons of Adam don't have it. Period. How can you say that? Because it's true. Oh, they pretend to have it. They want to have it, but they don't. You've got an axe to grind. Look, men have the pulpit, the courts, and the government. They rule the world. But only women have second sight. It's nature's balance. Most of the famous seers have been men. They use their ability to help folks. Nothing but parlor tricks, guesswork, and the power of suggestion. Did you ever hear a mentalist tell a woman to run a mile from a man? To turn down a proposal for a good job? Or that marriage would bring nothing but poverty and sorrow? No, they put the boot on our neck just like the preacher, the judge, the politician, and the policeman. How can you only see the worst in people? Is that what your mother taught you? Couldn't have been grandma. Rose-colored glasses are for children and inebriates. Now leave it. I'm running late to meet a client. Going out? Yeah, that's what I said. Please don't leave me alone with her. Why not? You're nutty. She's just a kid. She gives me the creeps. She's only been here for a month, and she's barely set foot out of her room. And when she does, her nose is always in a book. First two weeks, she did nothing but sleep. Now I don't think she sleeps at all. Hmm. Maybe because she makes coffee at midnight. Don't you hear her? Paces back and forth for hours. I hadn't noticed. The other night, I woke up with a start. I had a funny feeling, and there she was, standing there in the middle of my room. But that's strange. What did you say? Nothing. I just watched her. She kept mumbling something, but I couldn't make it out. Then she left. Maybe she was sleepwalking. Some people do that after they suffer a loss. We lost Grandma, too. Yeah, but we weren't there at the end. She's lived with Grant since she was a baby. 
How do we know she's really Bridget? Are you joking? No, I'm not. You read about this kind of thing in magazines. Maybe she saw Grand's obituary in the paper. It says that she was survived by three granddaughters, Mary and Tess living in Hollywood and Bridget in New York. Maybe she's working a racket. And you say I see the worst in people. You got off the deep end. Last time you saw her was what, 10 years ago? Look, don't make me feel guilty for not seeing Grand for so long. I wired her dough through Western Union when I could. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. My point is that we haven't seen her since she was in pigtails. We can't be sure she's Bridget. I never realized you were the suspicious type. <laughs> Wait until she's talking to herself in your room at 3 o'clock in the morning. Then you'll change your tune. She's no flim-flam artist. She's family. Yeah, she may be pale and wan, but it's probably from living in that bread box on the Lower East Side. The girl never got any sun. Why don't we try harder to draw her out? I'm sure she's got stories about Gran. And she might tell me where she's been keeping what I want. Is that why you brought her out here? Leave it. She's not going anywhere. And I have a client waiting. Okay, how's my lipstick? Let me see. Blot. Okay, now relax. She's probably still asleep. I'll be back soon. Hello? Hey, stranger. Back in town? Sure, I'd like to see you. Now? Same place. I'm on my way. Ugh, you startled me. I didn't hear you on the stairs. Mm, morning. More like afternoon. So? On your way out? Is that a problem? Thought you might like a lift. I'm heading out to meet a client. I can walk to the library. You might crash the car if I'm in it. What a thing to say. Sue yourself. Okay, pick three when you're ready. One, two, and three. Okay. The cards help us find the story, like a script. The trick is to discover your part. First card represents your past. Four of Cups. Disappointment. Missed opportunity. Is a part you didn't get? All of them. Take your pick. I did nine screen tests. Still burned up about losing that part in Marked Woman to Isabel Jewell. But she was tight with the producer, so naturally he picked her. Nah, don't be sore. All's fair in Love and Hollywood casting. Now, your middle card represents the present. Uh-oh. Aw, oh, gee. Bad news. Three of swords. Not good. Loss. Betrayal. Is your contract up for renewal? April 1st. The irony. It doesn't look like Warner's is going to pick up your option. Tough break. Give it to me straight. I need to hear it. What about my future? Or should I run a hot bath and open my veins already? Uh, save the dramatics for the camera. Your third card is good. Real good. Tell me. Page of Cups. A messenger will bring good news. A new contract with another studio. Which one? It's hard to say. Let me try the crystal. Maybe I'll see something. Sure, sure. Have a look in the crystal ball. Can you see anything? A sign? Any faces? Give me a second. Tell the fates or whatever I wouldn't mind working in Paramount. If they could rustle up a picture with Gary Cooper, I'll donate extra money to the Orphan Fund. 
I see something, but I don't think it will help. What is it? A red gardenia. I didn't know there was such a thing. What does it mean? I'm not sure. I've been seeing it all week. It's, it's probably nothing. Listen, don't sit around waiting for the phone to ring. Do something to make the new offer happen. What? Audition for another studio. Great, but how? It's not like I can just walk in and tell them to put me under contract. Use your initiative. Get dolled up. I don't mean a hotsy-totsy look, though. Wear your gray suit. Pink lipstick. Makes you look earnest. I can see you sitting at a table by a window. Have lunch in another studio's commissary. Talk to people. If they see you, they'll want you. It's much easier to get a job when you already have one. Just say that you're in Warner's, but you just wanted to change the scenery for lunch. That's a good idea. Thanks, Mary. Here, and something extra for you. Well, I'm glad to have good news for you. More tea? What was that? I thought we were alone. You said Tess was out. Uh, that's just Bridget. Pay no attention. Oh, that's right. You said your other cousin was coming to stay. How's it working out? It's fine. Uh, was that a yes on the tea? I haven't time. If I hurry, I can visit the salon so I look good for lunch tomorrow. I think I'll start with Paramount. You'll have better luck if you try Lucy's on Melrose. Paramount producers and directors go there for lunch. Thanks. That's a great idea. Runs in the family, eh? That has yet to be determined. Good luck, Sue. Don't you ever interrupt my sessions with a client. I realize we've never talked about how we do business here, but you need to get wise. I'm relieved to know you're reading fortunes instead of providing other services for your customers. You thought we were working, girls? Why do you hide behind curtains and sneak around? Where's the sign in the window? I don't sneak around. It's called discretion. Do you expect me to wear a corny turban? Jangling bracelets? Speak with a Bella Lugosi accent? This is Hollywood. Not to shake down racket in the dust bowl. My clients would run a mile from anyone who wasn't stylish and perfectly groomed. And I would never hang a sign in the window. I might as well stand on the roof and shout, Come rob us. We have cash on the premises. Forget I said anything. I'll keep my mouth zipped when you have a customer. They're clients, not customers. I'm not selling dry goods or chocolate malts here. I help people, and at a fraction of the cost of those fancy analysts in Beverly Hills. Okay, okay. I heard you. Are we finished? We are not. Your attitude leaves a lot to be desired. I know 18-year-olds tend to be moody, but you're as bristly as a porcupine. Wasn't my idea to come out here. I wanted to stay in New York. And do what? How would you live? I could live with Mrs. Mooney from the third floor. Why waste your chances sitting beside another sickbed? Mrs. Mooney isn't sick. If she's not now, she soon will be. She's over 70, isn't she? I'll get a job in a shop or wait tables. Save money and go to Vassar like I planned. Grant said I could. Vassar? That's your plan? It's awfully expensive and full of snooty rich girls, isn't it? You know, we do have colleges out here. I don't want to go to school out here. It's too bright and hurts my eyes. And everything is so phony. I'm old enough to decide my own future. Okay, okay. Since you're such a grown-up, why don't you act like one? Stop being morose and hiding in your room. Stop picking on me. Oh, you'll know if I'm ever picking on you, Missy. Oh, I've had enough out of you, Madam Sesostris. 
Who the hell is Madame Sesostris? I'll just go on, I guess, chasing shadows. What do you want to do about dinner? Hmm, not much in here, but a leftover casserole. Ah, uh, who cares? Heat up the casserole, will ya? I'm telling you, Tess, it was odd. Usually when I get a vision, it's like something done on tissue paper. A faint outline. And I try to connect the dots and fill in the picture. You mean in the crystal or the cards? Either one. Sometimes it's an outline, and sometimes I see it through a fog. You know what I mean? Sure, I get the fog. Mostly it feels like when you're on a train and you get go by something really fast and then wonder if you saw what you saw. They come in fleeting glimpse. I try to slow it down to make sense of it. Hmm. Is that so? I guess we never talked about it before. I wish I had asked sooner. What changed? Well, I was with Miriam Hopkins. You know how she is. Studies the cards like they're a script she needs to memorize in a hurry. So you tell me. You hog her to yourself. She's my best client. Every week. Sometimes twice. And how about that silver fox she gave me for Christmas? Pure class. You were saying? Oh, right, right. So, I'm in her dressing room, and she's complaining about a picture she's in for Goldwyn. It sounds like a mess. Nobody wants to do it. Weiler, he handed back a bonus just to get a release from directing it. Now, what does that tell you? Nobody returns dough in Hollywood unless they think a production smells to high heaven. Half a dozen writers treated the script like it was a newspaper with three-day-old mackerel wrapped inside. What cards did she draw? Well, first... She had the Nine of Pentacles, wealth and independence. And Miriam smiling from ear to ear. I remind her she's looking at the past. Then the Heriophant pops up, which usually means a big wig in pictures. You know, the way I see it, all the old clerical figures or rulers in the deck are usually a stand-in for a studio boss, a producer or a director, or else Joe Breen in the censor's office. So that tells me trouble on the set. For a future card, she gets the Knight of Wands reversed. Uh-oh. An accident. Injury. When I flipped that card, I had a vision. What'd you see? I saw Miriam fall out of a tree wearing a pair of pajamas. <laughs> a tree? Miriam Hopkins wearing pajamas in a tree. Plain as day. I saw it like it was playing on the screen in a theater. She's a fancy lady in the Sutton place. They don't tend to be the outdoor type climbing trees, let alone in a pair of PJs. That was my reaction. I almost didn't say anything. It seemed silly to mention it. But the vision came on so strong, I told her. Did she laugh? Ask if you were smoking those funny cigarettes? No. She screamed. She flapped her hands in the air. She had trouble breathing. It turns out it's in the script. She has a scene set in a magnolia tree. Some hijinks with Joel McRae. <laughs> I'd go out on a limb for Joel McRae, that tall drink of man water. Well, Marion blew her top and called in the director. She hollered for Goldwyn. She told them that they're putting her life in danger. She already had one accident on the set, a black eye from wrestling with Joel in a scene. The whole soundstage went bananas. Did they cut it out of the script? No. They said they'll take precautions, rig her out with rope, and anchor her to the tree. Should have done that in the first place, just to be on the safe side, instead of worrying about the schedule like they always do. Miriam was lucky to have you. Why do you think you saw it so clearly? I don't know. It might be because we were near the set. Isn't it possible to get vibrations of something before it happens if you're right on the spot like that? Hmm, maybe. 
But you know, I've been having clear visions too. For instance? Well, I had a reading with Anne. She's getting to be a regular. Tap dances in a nightclub. She's still a kid. Very sweet thing. Supports her deaf mother. Anyway, I looked into the crystals for her the other day and saw she was doing a tap routine next to Ginger Rogers. Plain as day. No fog, and it wasn't sped up like it normally is. I didn't have to catch up with it. Ginger Rogers? Now, what are the chances of a little kid dancing next to a great star like Ginger Rogers? You didn't tell her, I hope. Well, she saw my face and knew it was something good, and it just popped out. She was so happy, she tapped her way to the door. You should know better. Are you ready to pick her up off the floor when it doesn't happen? Getting a kid's hopes up like that. I'm telling you, I saw it like they were right in front of my face. And I'll tell you something else. I don't think it's a coincidence. How do you mean? Well, everything seems clearer suddenly. I see things I didn't even know what they mean. Same here. I keep seeing a red gardenia. It doesn't matter who I'm reading for either. A red gardenia shows up in the crystal. That's funny. You know, I keep seeing a red gardenia too. And I don't know how to explain it. What do you think it means? Wait, didn't it used to be a symbol of devotion? You know, when people send messages with flowers? Yeah, but how does it fit? And why are we both saying it? I think the answer has something to do with our new roommate. Uh, she's just a kid. She doesn't know our rear end from her elbow. Age has nothing to do with it. Well, now that you mention it, she did an odd thing the other day. She interrupted a reading. I was telling Sue to have lunch in another studio commissary, and Bridget slunk by and told her to go to Lucy's on Melrose. Imagine, the girl's been out here for five minutes. She couldn't find Melrose without a Boy Scout. And yet she gives Sue advice like that, like she knows what she's talking about? I'm telling you, something's happening now that she's in the house. And I don't know that we shouldn't pack our bags and run for the hills. Oh no. Oh no, not again. Oh. Oh, stop, no! Help! Somebody help! In the Bronx of New York City, <laughs> little girl is not so pretty. <laughs> Lena is on <laughs> name. Such a clever girl is Lena. Oh, she's got a concertina. Baby, it's not name. Wake up! Wake up! It's okay. You're all right. It was only a nightmare. <sighs> what? My hair is going to turn white if this keeps up. You're okay. You're okay. It was just a bad dream. Do you have them often? No, never. No, not until I moved here. What happens in the dream? I don't want to talk about it. She should go back to New York. She'll be happier, and we won't be scared to death in the middle of the night. Yeah, you're a hard one. Quit the concerned routine. Why don't you just be honest and ask her for Grand's Opal earrings? Then I will gladly buy her a ticket for the next train. Stop being vicious. You brought me out here for the Opals? That's not the only reason. What else would he have done? But, well, I am the oldest cousin and I think it's only right that I should have Grand's Opals. Aren't they supposed to be bad luck? Because of what Sir Walter Scott wrote in a book? Since when do we care what some old Englishman says? 
the earrings are in the box on the dresser. Just take them and get out. Now, wait a minute. Take them and get out! Want a drink before you go? Mm, better not. I'm, I'm already a bit unsteady. <laughs> my work is done, then. Hand me my stockings, will you? Where are they? Over on the nightstand. Hurry up. Daisy might be coming home soon. I'm sure she's occupied. Always has a co-star to entertain her. Don't complain about your cheating wife. Makes me feel cheap. Sorry, Tess. Only meant you don't have to rush. You're the only woman who doesn't want anything from me. Well, it'd be nice not to have to sneak around. I thought you liked stolen afternoons. I do like a stolen afternoon, but dinner out in public once in a while would be nice. All right, dinner. You name it. Not this week, though. I'll be locked in the editing room. <laughs> You're setting up for an excuse to back out. Promise. We'll have dinner out. I'll believe it when I see it. Say, since when do you talk like that? Since I've been tangled up with you, Reggie. <laughs> Fair enough. Hello? I hope I'm not disturbing you. I hear you gals tell fortune. Do you have time for me now? Who sent you? Helen Hunt, my hairdresser in Columbia. You're in pictures? My first. Only been here two months. You're that Valentine from New York. I've seen your posters around Broadway. That's right. Come on in. Have a seat. I'm Bridget. My cousins are out, but I'll try for you. You don't usually read fortunes? It's not my line, but I'll try. What's the picture? Duchess of Broadway. About an heiress who studies to be an opera singer but winds up in a hot jazz show. Harry's still riding the opera craze he started with Grace Moore a couple of years back. He doesn't want the whole thing to be opera in case the public's had enough. But he says my voice can do it all. You want to know about your career? Sure. Is Harry Kahn on the level? Will I make the grade? Give me your hand. I see a man standing in front of your door. He's short, one eyebrow, snub nose, thin mustache, green suit. Stan, my manager. He's a real pip. He's wearing dark glasses. Is he blind? Not a bit. Eagle eyes, if anything. His pockets are stuffed with cash. Those dark glasses? He's hiding something. I'd say he's giving you the business, all right. He's stealing your money. Are you sure? Stan's always looked out for me. Go check your accounts. You bet I will. Thanks. How much do I owe you? Oh, I hate to charge you. Don't be silly. Everybody has bills to pay. Thanks, Bridget. He had lipstick on his collar. I saw it right away. I said, that's not your usual colour, Joe. And what did he say? Lied through his teeth. Said, oh, it must have been from when Christine took my hat and coat. That's his secretary. What does he take me for? Christine wouldn't rub her mouth on him. I was his secretary once and never got near enough, let me tell you. Until he dangled a wedding ring. Only way to play it with a boss. So I said, Joe, I'll see you in hell before I let you make a monkey out of me again. 
He just can't keep his hands to himself, like a kid in a candy store. I told him I'll hire a new secretary and she'll make Grandma Moses look like a spring chicken. Grace, you have the patience of a saint. I'd have thrown his suits on the front lawn by now. Well, he is a good earner, I'll say that for him, and the kids would run wild without him in the house. I'd better run along now and make sure the cook puts extra onions in the gravy. I thought Joe hated onions. He does, this stinker. Didn't mean to interrupt. I'll go up to my room. You... you looked like a ghost standing there. What did you do to your hair? Felt like a change. Went to the salon with the money Yvette gave me. Now doesn't that take the cake? Every gal out here would kill to have your blonde hair, and you go and dye it jet black. It's my hair. I, 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 I better get going. Did you see the way she looked at me? This state of you, scaring the clients away. She said I looked like a ghost. You do. Milk bottle complexion and raven hair. You look like one of those consumptives they used to send to asylums in the mountains. I'm not interested in your opinion, Tess. Why don't you look in the mirror the way you carry on? I beg your pardon. Say it the innocent act. I don't see any camera and you're no actress. Who's there? Who's there? I got a gun and I'm not afraid to use it. What should I be but a prophet and a liar, whose mother was a leprechaun, whose father was a friar? Bridget? What are you doing in my room? Wake up! You're sleepwalking! <gasps> How did I... Sorry. I didn't mean to wake you. Sit down, sit down. Look, don't you think you ought to tell me about it? After all, you brought your bad dream into my room. I didn't mean to. What's got you so upset? A woman at a party in a mountain chalet or a ski lodge. She's laughing and then she screams and I feel what she feels. Pure terror. Who is she? Do you know her? I don't know who she is. I can't see her face. She's wearing a white satin gown sitting down on one of those brown leather club chairs. And you wake up when she screams? Yeah. Do you remember anything else? Part of a song? She's laughing about it, I think. About a woman who plays a concertina? Is that what you were saying when you walked in here? The song lyrics? I was talking when I came in? Yeah. You called yourself a prophet and a liar and there was something about a leprechaun. I did? Not exactly the nicest thing to wake up to at 3 a.m. Was that the song from your dream? What should I be but a prophet and a liar whose mother was a leprechaun whose father was a friar, right? That's it. That's it. You said, you said it when you walked in here. You're lucky I didn't shoot you. It wasn't a song. It's 
It's from a poem by Edna St. Vincent Millay. A poem? Before bed, I read poems. I repeat the lines. It suits me. It helps me sleep. You, you mean like an incantation? Or a spell? Don't say the word. We're Catholic, aren't we? You said before you never had nightmares until you came here. That's right. Maybe you're having them because you're with us. Did Gran ever tell you about our mothers? Not much. She didn't like to talk about them. Gran said her girls broke her heart. Orla the Magnificent. That was my mom. Toured for years. Aunt Orla had a vaudeville act? <laughs> Top of the bill. For years I watched her backstage, and then I mended her costumes, and later I joined the act. When she was in her cups, she told stories. Back when she was a girl, at home in New York with Gran and Deirdre, that's Tess's mom, and your mom, Rosaline, they would kick up the dust. You mean they had big rows? Everything was big. Good times and bad times. All those feelings in one tiny place. Their gifts, if you want to put a name on it, they sparked off each other. Got to be too much. So they scattered. Deirdre married that revival preacher and went to Battle Creek with Tess until she died. And then Tess came to live with us. Orla took us on the whistle stop circuit. And my mother? She was a shop girl at Gimbel's. Then some photographer asked Rosaline to pose for him, and she left Grand's. You know anything about my father? We don't have men in the family. Not in the regular way. Look, I've been thinking. We need to stick together. Maybe our mothers died so young because they split up. We're not off to a great start. I don't fit in here, and Tess wants me on the next train, and I still want to go to Vassar. How do you know it won't be worse if we stay together under one roof? We have to try. Can't you stick it out for a while? Look, I've got a deal in the works. It's going to be something good. Why don't you pick up the slack around here with some reading? See how it goes. You could save some dough for Vassar at the very least. Yeah, let me think about it. Another thing you should think about. Next time you have the dream, don't force yourself to wake up. See it through. Find out what happens. Dreams can't hurt you. Well, what if I don't have the gift, Mary? What if I'm not a prophet and I'm just a liar? Well, you wouldn't be the first one in the Bannon family. Until the darkness fades into the dawn I'll just go on, I guess Chasing shadows Just a dreamer am I Hoping I'll find a rainbow When the shadows roll Thanks for listening. Red Gardenia is a Sassmouth Dames production written and directed by Megan McGurk. Starring Clara Higgins as Bridget Bannon, M. Sean as Mary Bannon, Olympia Kiriakou as Tess Bannon, Savannah Monroe as Sue Rollins, Renee Smith as Yvette Valentine, Laura Mawson as Grace Carmody, Shane McCormick as Re Reggie Fitz, Megan McGurk as Sharon Mooney, art design by Mott Collins, sound editing and special effects by Tom O'Mahony. Stay tuned for part two.